What's good, everybody? Schmitty here with Talking Schmidt, episode 162. We got Ryan DiCenzo on the show today. Ryan, pro skateboarder for Dark Star Skateboards. He owns, uh, arguably or not arguably, he owns the uh, biggest kickflip ever recorded. Good dude. This is me and Ryan talking shop on his drive to uh, Poods Park. Hope you enjoy it. Skate shop of the week. Wah! It's ignition. <laughs> Shout out to Brian Sieber and the crew out in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Big ups. Thanks for everything you guys do. Public service announcement. And this one goes deep. Because I've been on one for I don't know how fucking long now. I go into Atlas. And I go and check out the boards. And then I look at the Mason by Real. I want to say 8 point. God, 1 something. 8 point. No, it was 8.28. With a smaller wheelbase. Just a little bit smaller. But not 14. 14 too much. And that graphic. Shout out James Kelch. You better be getting paid for that. Because that's why I bought it. Because of the Delta, United Airlines, American Airlines commercial with that boy looking up at the sky on the Everslick. And now it's on a Mason board with that girl getting abducted by the alien. Shout out. It gives me memories, brother. I went in there. They hooked me up with some uh, big balls, some spit formulas, a 53 millimeter. They do not flat. Actually, my last, my fourth pair flatted. But my ground shit, so I give it to them. Out of, th- out of four pairs, one flat, which is mind-blowing on the streets I live on. Go get yourself, more of the story, go get yourself a new setup. It will change your world and get your fire going again, because it just did it to me. Shout out Atlas, shout out Andy, shout out Mikey, shout out Chica, shout out Kid Who's Growing. You guys just made my day, and I love you. Thank you so much. First and foremost, thanks to the bros of the love letters, we got a new sticker. Put this bad boy up on the wall. How appropriate, right next to Joker's skate shop. Hey, Jokers, are you guys going to carry some talking Schmidt? Be nice. Let's listen to some of the uh, advertisements we have here on the old pod. Head on down to your local shop. Hey, it's Corey at Blue Plate, 3218 Mission Street. Come see us. Meatloaf, fried chicken, deviled eggs, Dollar Olympia beers. We're here every day of the week. We got a garden and we got smiles on our faces. Come let us make you happy. This is Ryan DeCenzo, and you're listening to Talkin' Schmidt. Holy cannoli. It's cool, like tonight is the night. <laughs> yeah. All big dogs in. Do we really want to be here? Oh, everything's changed. We on? Schmitty? Talking Schmidt. Talking Schmidt, dude. <laughs> you gonna come out different. <laughs> shit my pants, man. Your Rolodex is fucking deep. Holy shit. It's about the one, the one, the one. Who is this guy? He thinks he's tough shit. What's up? Come on, Schmitty, what the fuck? Tell the skateboard police to come get me. What is happening? I'm here for Greg Smith. Yeah! I 
All right, guys, uh, we're going to start it out like this. It goes, oh, Canada, where pines and maples grow, great prairie spread and lordly rivers flow. How dear to us thy broad domain from east to western sea, thou land of hope for all who toil, thou true north, strong and free. Head up to Whistler in a Beamer over on Victoria in a Benzo. Crank the radio up, pod and destroy with Ryan Desenzo. That's all I got. Wow, dude, that was fire. I, at first, I thought you were reciting like an old national anthem that I hadn't heard or something, but that's just... <laughs> we, no, we went, we went national anthem and then we fucking twisted it into some shit. And then I've heard that line, the, the Benzo, Desenzo, that's like a gentry. I've heard gentry pull that one before. It's the only thing that can rhyme. <laughs> <laughs> how, how, how goes it? You're, you're on a drive to a skate spot or to a park or where are you going? Yeah, we're just going to a park to mess around and have some fun and, you know, keep the knife sharp and maybe get a little Instagram clip, keep the kids entertained and make sure we got all the tricks for the streets on the weekend. Yeah. Who's the crew? Just me and the filmer homie, Alex. What up? All right. All we need is the filmer, Schmitty. That's all we need. Okay, here's the big question. Does the filmer bring a video camera or is he strictly iPhone now? No, they're they're always bringing a video camera. I mean, but the thing that's funny is like, it's it's like we'll be filming a trick on the phone and then we'll be like, shit, dude, maybe we should like just film this fisheye and we could probably use this in the part or, you know, do the... <laughs> So it's like the, the line is like blending right there between like what's a phone clip and what's a fucking real clip. You know what I mean? So that's what I was just talking to Zared like a couple of days ago and we were talking about it. And he's like, dude, I just let the filmer decide. I just I got to skate and let, like sometimes it, it seems like we want it for the gram. He's like, I, I, I'm not good at any of that stuff. Yeah, I mean, yeah, just just the other day I was like, doing a trick and i was like dude i think this is like a clip i mean i'm battling this right now it's gonna look good if we just film it from there like let's just i don't do this trick all the time right let's just at least film it with the good camera and sit on it instead of just post it on instagram and you know if it fits in the part then it fits in the part if it doesn't then at least we filmed it we can still put it on instagram later exactly what uh what is the uh, scenario right now? Are you in the middle of filming yet another part or are you kind of just skateboarding and, and what, what are you doing? Is there anything that you're working on? Um, yeah, I'm always working on a part. It's just like, if I'm not working on a part, I feel like I'm dying inside a little bit. <laughs> so I'm just always kind of doing that. And right now I have, I have a pretty good little stack of like some new with a little bit of older stuff that I'm still hyped on that, you know, I feel like my footage always gets lost over time because I'm always just filming with different people and I'm just out there. I'm not tracking it down. And then I realized like, Oh shit, I got a fucking a sick flat gap tray flip or something. That I'll see a clip on my phone or something. I'll be looking at a spot or I'll see somebody else's spot that reminds me of that spot. And I'll be like, where is that clip? What the fuck? And then, I'll start digging it up. I'll just dig it up and then I'll hit up the homies. Hey, 2000 fucking 19 <laughs> July 9th or whatever. Yeah. I tray flipped this flat gap in somewhere. Can you find the clip? <laughs> I think I'm, I think I would be hyped on it. And sometimes I get the clip and I'm like, nah, I don't like it. Uh -huh. Other times I'm like, Oh shit, dude, I'm glad I fucking fucked up that dude for that clip. 
So no, for sure. I but, do you are you like do you work on parts in, mentally, like or do you just skate? Like, are you like one of those guys that in the beginning of like okay, here's my part. I got a tray flip. I got a kick flip. I need that fucking hard flip somewhere. Like, do you have a list or anything? I kind of, the list like changes for me because whatever tricks are feeling good at the time, that's what I want to go do. But then obviously like front side flip, front three, three flip, like those are all my go-tos. So those ones are always feeling good. So I'm like overly stacking on those tricks. And then, you know, something like a nolly inward heel or a nolly back heel or something i might be like oh okay maybe i should go find a good 12 stair or something for one of those tricks and, but usually i kind of just let it flow let it flow let it ride for a while and then once i have a couple of minutes of footage i kind of look at it and go like oh well hey, i don't even have a good you know nollie front heel nollie back heel whatever and you know those are i've been doing those lately so then i'll go try and get some of those or there's mm. a new trick, new trick that I've been learning on a rail or something that I've only done at the park. I'm like always trying to find spot in the streets to get a real clip. You know what I mean? Right. Okay. How, how important is coffee to you? Are you a big coffee drinker? No, it's not important to me at all, but I do enjoy it. I do enjoy caffeine. Uh, sometimes I'll just, I don't know, like I'll drink coffee in the morning and then it kind of wakes me up, makes me feel good and gets me a little energized. And then, but if I drink too much, it gives me like a bad stomach ache and I'm always going to the bathroom. So it's like a fine line. You know what I mean? But, are you, are you one of those guys that when you get to a gnarly spot, you got to go take a shit first? No, not unless I've had too much coffee. Okay. There's some, I think David is that way. There's guys that like have to go shit right when they get to the spot. They're like, Oh fuck. I got to go shit. Yeah, I, I mean that's probably just the timing of getting to the spots with the gnarly spot. The gnarly spots, you're always going there at like ten or eleven to try to get there, get ready, get it cracking before noon. Mm. And then you know maybe you've been scrambling around all morning with your palms all sweaty, thinking about the spot, and you forgot to drop your morning deuce or something <laughs> like that, right? So, scrambling around, getting bondo and all the metal or whatever you need for that spot, and you forget to do the due diligence. Yeah. Talk a little bit about uh, early days, Canada. You were born in Vancouver or outside of Vancouver? Yeah, I was born just outside of Vancouver, just kind of like in the suburbs. Uh, so where, where at Langley? What, in, what do we got? In, in North Delta is what it's called. It's kind of a little bit of a better side of the hood. Like the, the hood is like Surrey. It's kind of trashy over there. And we're just like on the little bit closer to the city side, a little bit better. And, um, we fundraised to make a little six skate park down there. And it's, it's, I mean, it was a cool place to grow up. There wasn't much going on now that I look back at it. And I think like, man, if I could have chosen to grow up in Cali, I definitely would have because there's, uh. there's so much stuff happening down here. Everybody's so good at skating and it's, you know, it's fun. There's, you can go surfing, you can go snowboarding, you can, you can do everything down here. There's no limitations and the weather is pretty good. Yeah. I think I know the answer to this, but I, I, I want to ask the question, who was your early influence? Like who, who kind of, when you saw them or, or like got a photos of them in the mag were like, 
that's the dude that sparked it for you? Well, I feel like there was two generations of that for me because there was like the dudes that were already established that were like the McCrank and the Haslam and the Appleyard and MacNow and Galea, Hasty, etc. <laughs> I look, I looked up to all those guys and I was like, those guys are all Canadians. They're all doing it. Like it's possible. Uh-huh. And then there was like the generation just kind of below them that was like, like Hoffert. He is only like a year or two older than me, maybe or something. But he was like on fire when he was 17. And I just thought, this is going to be the next kid. Like, I got to, if I want to be like McCrank or any of those dudes, I got to be like Hoffert first. You know what I mean? Like, because Hoffert was doing, he had like the local shop sponsors and he had the, you know, he had all the plugs in Vancouver. So, uh huh. But yeah, okay. Hoffert and then all those big, big name dudes that yeah. eventually Mac now pretty much took me under his wing and raised me to be a little stair sender or whatever. <laughs> so how does the sponsorship begin for you? Like, is, is it through a, a local skate shop, like the normal story or like, what's your first like free things? Yeah. I mean, no, it was like, we just got hooked up at the local skate shop. They basically gave me and my brother, like a board and a hat and a t-shirt and we were like losing our minds. And it was like all like shop board stuff and, but it was fire for us. We got that. We got that every month. So like a board a month was pretty solid at the time. And then we started street skating more. And that was just, you know, the street skating in Canada is like every time you kick out your board is just done. Like, <laughs> it's just the roughest ground. I mean, it's kind of like SF, but just a little bit worse, more like Portland, you know, uh-huh. but so you just, that shit eats your boards. And then, so we were super happy to get those boards from the shop. It was called Coastal Riders. Uh, and then they we filmed a little sponsor we take with them, with the shop filmer, homie. And they sent that to distributors in Canada. And we got hooked up by some, uh, DGK when we were little kids, me and my bro. DGK. Well, it was DGK Distributor Flow. But we were hyped. We were getting like, now we were getting two boards a month or something got uh i think we got on circa too and that was like a big one because uh circa was like really well knit with the u.s dudes up in canada too so Uh it was more it was almost like a direct connect but not as you know not as far as the the other distributors kind of so to say did you and your brother kind of start skating together around the same time yeah, pretty much. We, we did everything together. Skateboarding, mountain biking, fucking shooting birds with slingshots, like all that crap you do growing up as a kid. We just did everything. So every time I picked up a board, he was we were sharing a board. We were sharing our friend's board. And then eventually we bugged our fucking mom and dad enough to go get us an actual board, not just like a Kmart board. Yeah. That was a big turning point for us. What's the age difference, you and Scott? He's three years younger than me. So Okay. I did a fucking red, what do they call red eye flight to Washington, DC when they had those Maloof contests out there. And uh I was zorched. It was like 7 a.m. Like I was just sitting outside my hotel waiting for like check-in. You know, I couldn't check in that early. And uh your brother and Bryce walk up and they're like, 
we're going to go to the uh, museum. You want to go? And uh, I'm like, sure. And we ended up going to Smithsonian and checking out all that shit. And we had a good time. I always like Scott. He's he's a good dude. Yeah, he's the best, man. I miss him. I mean, he's doing good up in Canada right now. He's working some construction and skating in his free time and learning a lot about real life shit. So, yeah, I'm proud of him. He fucking put it down pretty hard while he was out here. Yeah. I don't know. I think just the whole thing with him was he just wasn't like a people's person. When people would come up and be like, oh, you're Scott. Can you sign my this? He'd be like, oh, he'd like turn away a little bit. He, you know, he was like shy in that way. But it's, it's not for everybody. A lot of people are in that way and stuff. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you don't really realize that, oh, I want to be a pro skater, but like, oh, I'm going to have to like deal with fans and <laughs> I mean, it doesn't sound that hard, but for some people, it's not that easy, right? Yeah, for sure. When did you d- decide to come to live in U.S.? Basically, MacNow was kind of pushing me like, hey, come down and skate and stay with me at the Globe Team Manager's house when he kind of got me on Globe up in Canada. Was that Steve Black? Uh, no, it was Chris Robinson back in the day, a different dude. Oh. And uh, he lived in Anaheim Hills and I just stayed on his couch for two weeks and tagged along every MacNow mission, which was really gnarly. <laughs> and, I mean, yeah, sometimes MacNow would be like, all right, I'm going to this 17 rail to back lip it. And then I'm going to, you know, you should skate it. And I'd be like, dude, I'm not skating that. Like I was like a grom. Like I could, I couldn't skate a rail that was bigger than a 10 stair rail. Uh-huh. But I, I could fly down some stairs, so he would always find a gap or something for me after. And uh, if he didn't get his shit, he was determined that I was going to get something. So got his shit. So. so when you moved down, were you already on Dark Star or not yet? Yeah, I was. I was on Dark Star when I moved down. And uh, Chet actually offered me a room to stay in. And Dark Star was going to pay my rent. So oh. I was like, oh, yeah, like, let's do this. And that was uh, right in like 2007 or something. So I was just living at a house with diet and not paying any rent, just skating and not making any money either. But I was selling product to buy ramen noodles for dinner. And <laughs> yep. now my body's probably regretting those days. But I had to do what I had to do to survive kind of thing. And then it, it, it blossomed from there. Um, skating with the right people and always having a filmer around. And I was tagging along a, a lot with Hoops and Scott on his missions. And uh, it was really good. It was super fun. Those were the days for sure. So what year was that? Do you remember what year you moved down? Yeah, I moved down in like 2007, 2008 but I was going back and forth to Canada a lot still. And then I was pretty solid down in Huntington at the time for like, at like in 2009, pretty much. So 2009 is when you and Scott get that doubles cover. Right. Exactly. So that's when it all was like kind of happening for us. It was like, it was crazy. How did that go about? Was that like you were just out shooting or was it kind of more thought like, let's, let's try and do this or like, how did that go? It, 
it was like Burnett had the idea and I was like, damn, that would be really cool. Like all the doubles covers and doubles photos you see are always like in a pool with like a guy here or on tranny or where a guy's launching over someone else or whatever. And he had this idea of, of us just doing something on two rails at the same time or stairs in the rails or whatever. But he was always like, here, you want to do it on this spot? And I was like, and it was always these really gnarly spots and i was like how about this 12 rail like this is you know we were not gonna die here (laughs) but he ended up finding that one that we shot it on and it and it worked out and it was just the like right level of gnarly gnarliness you know what i mean whereas like i look back at it now and if it was on one of those other spots that you know uh, i was like this would be a little safer (laughs) um it just wouldn't be as like, it wouldn't, wouldn't be the same. You know what I mean? It just wouldn't be what it was. Like that spot was, it was, it's a big spot. I think it's a 14 stair and anything on a 14 stair is pretty serious. So I remember you were talking about, I think they did a classic covers or something on it before. And there was something about you almost hitting each, like, what was the problem? The problem was, I kept kicking out the frontside flip and I was shooting it down into his landing. Ah, uh, yeah. For this guy's board and that guy's fucking lit. Like, not the scenario that you want to be in unless you're in a best trick, like an am best trick contest, too. Like, at <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, where there's money on the line. Like, why are you? Yeah. So I don't know. I felt, I felt bad for him. And then a couple times there was like some weird ones where we like slapped each other's knuckles in the air and like oh fuck that hurt like that was a good one i would have landed that but we punched each other like (laughs) fist bump in the air like well that's got to be a little stressful because normally you're not intentionally shooting for a cover but when you got the when you got burn dog out there and you got a conceptual cover so you know like fuck dude covers a big deal I mean, there's added pressure. You're looking down and you're like, we got to get this. And we got to land it at the same time. <laughs> and I was like really worried that I was going to land the front side flip and he was going to miss the front board for some reason, even though he was like, he was almost landing every front board. Ah. And, and I was just kind of blowing the front side flip the whole time, but I was getting a lot of wheel bite. But I'm glad it worked out. I got to yeah. find that clip and post it on the gram or something. Definitely. When you turn pro for Dark Star, how does that go about? Is it like you kind of knew about it, or is it is it like some of these surprise ones they do lately, or how did it go? Was there a party or anything? Uh, no, I don't think so. I think I was just so busy at the time, and it was kind of one of those things where I felt like, okay, I won Tampa Am. I don't want to skate these Am contests anymore. I really just want to like. I want to skate these pro contests. And if I can't, I can't skate the pro contest without a pro board. I mean, that's how it was back in the day. Not, nowadays, not so much. Uh-huh. But uh, So I was like, Chet, maybe in like, I'm going to work on some more parts and maybe we can turn pro. He's like, dude, you could, you're already pro. Like, you can turn pro whenever. And I was like, yeah, but I want to like have a couple good parts and then turn pro. So I remember, I think he was like, all right, after the United by Fate, We'll, we'll make something happen for you. We'll work on a graphic. And so, but I was just so busy. There was no party. There was no, it was just like, all right, let's, 
let's solidify the name on the board and let me go skate against the big dogs kind of thing because that's what I wanted to do. You know what I mean? Because when I like skating contests because it pushes me to skate at a higher level than you would normally be skating at when you're just skating at the park by yourself. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? It's like you just land shit that you wouldn't normally land in a couple of tries because everybody else has landed shit. Like you have to. Yeah. I mean, there's something true about the energy in the air, right? Like it's like this dude just made it. I got to back that up with something. Exactly. Right. Uh, I mean, that happens, that happens in the streets that happens fucking everywhere. Right. So when you get a bunch of gnarly dudes together, it just elevates it even more. So you won Tampa Am the same that same year, 2012? No, I won Tampa Am in 2008. Oh. I think I turned pro in 2009, at the end of 2009. Oh, okay. And I remember fil- like the first line that I filmed on my own pro board was uh, in the Hallelujah video. And I remember thinking, this is crazy. I better do a fucking good line. I got a fucking name on my board. Yeah, I better do the best line I've ever done. <laughs> uh, so what was your first pro contest? It was the Dew Tour in Boston in 2009, too. And I what? think I got second and Sheckler won. Oh, shit. Okay. Yeah. Were, you, were you tripping or was it just uh, contest wise? Was it similar or were you like, God damn it. Now I'm here with these dudes. No, I was fired up i thought i i thought i won the contest low-key and fabrizio santos you know all those dudes were around back in the day oh dude you killed it so good you fucking won like telling me all this shit and then they still haven't announced me when it's like first and second and i'm like what the fuck did i win like this is crazy and then like checkler won but i was like damn that was fucking nuts i'm i was fucking stoked you know like got some actual money some prize purse for second place, you know? Right. Damn. It wasn't no, it wasn't no am 500 bucks. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that like was like, all right, cool. I can like buy fucking real food now, like good groceries. And that's when it started like all popping off for me. Nice. Um, so is that around the time where you get on Red Bull too? I was on Red Bull as an AM when I won in 2008. So, oh. but they were, I think they were paying me like super small amount of money. So that was like my money that I had to save for. Cause what happened, basically what happened was that was 2008 was when the recession came. So Dark uh-huh. Star was paying my rent for like one year at that house. And then they were like, oh, we can't pay your rent anymore. And I was like, all right. I got a ride for Red Bull then because they're offering me 250 bucks a month and my rent is 300. So that's pretty close. So this is my only chance to make it happen. Sorry, Chet. I know you don't want me to ride for Red Bull and whatever, you know, it was, it was taboo back then to have an energy drink sponsor, like the only one and maybe Joey Brzezinski or something. I can't remember, but Uh I remember being like, well, fuck it. Red Bull's, legit to me in the like motocross world and all these other worlds so it's just skating the skate industry is tough you know what i mean but that was my only option so i fucking ran with it 
Yeah. What, but then what's, uh, looking back from the time you got on till now, what's like the best Red Bull trip you've been on? Have you gone to like some Epic Dubai experience or something? I don't know. That's a good question. I think, I don't know, but we just had this pretty sick trip out to the UK one time with Naratko was on it Ah. and Jeremy Rogers was on it. And I mean, it was, it was a, fucking crazy squad but it was a good time we just kind of it was my first like oh this is how we do things at red bull we just ball out and (laughs) have a good time like the skating does it itself like as long as the guys are having a good time we're gonna get shit done and that was basically what happened yeah Yeah. have you have you been on some trips with like uh uh beeble and uh sheckler and yeah me and beeble me and beeble went uh paragliding and in aspen once i think that was one of the scariest things in my life um and just doing it with beeble was just absolutely epic because he's it was hilarious we were both shit in our pants like uh, he's so I don't, funny i don't even ever want to do that again like it was actually scary really okay yeah, i was gonna we're, ask we're, you what the most scared you've been that that might have been it i mean not skateboarding maybe yeah Huh. We like ran off the cliff and the first time, like we didn't go off the cliff. We almost went off and the chute didn't open. So we had to like pull it back and reset. because there wasn't enough like headwind. Oh and God. then the next time we went off the cliff, it opened, we went off and I'm with this, I'm not with people. I'm just with some other guy. Right. And, uh, like a, a pro or I hope he was a pro, but, uh, so then we, we go off and I'm like, tucking my legs up to not like clip the trees and dude, i thought we were going down i mean once we were out in the air it was pretty chill but the whole takeoff part with that paragliding shit is not safe fuck that's insane yeah i I don't know if i I got that one uh are you is it true you've done up some pretty like you're uh more than an average downhill ice mountain bike rider not mountain bike riding i have done motocross not really motocross but flat track motorcycle racing on a frozen lake oh okay that's what i used to do a lot and it's really really fucking fun really uh, so in the winter in canada the lakes freeze over and they plow them out with a snow plow uh-huh. and then you take like a regular dirt bike but you put metal studs in the tires so that it hooks into the ice and then you just do laps on an oval circle going like 80 miles an hour no way. Yeah. So like when everybody else is getting into hockey, that's what you got into? Pretty much. I mean, my dad and all his friends were into it. And it was just one of those things. I was when I was a Grom, my dad was taking me there, but I was playing hockey on the ice with, you know, some buddies. And then eventually I realized like, fuck, this shit looks pretty fun. And I started to learn how to ride a dirt bike and kind of just went from there. But man, that's like the ultimate adrenaline rush. Just yeah. any kind of motorcycle racing. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about this big king of the road uh, anti-hero experience. Oh, shit. Yeah, that's a crazy one. I you was mystery guest, right? Yeah, I was mystery guest and we, nobody knew what teams they were on, but um, or anything. And when I was like, they're like, you're going with anti-hero. I was like, fuck, this is crazy. All right, well. Hopefully these guys are cool. I didn't really know. I didn't really know anyone. I don't think at the time. Uh-huh. Um, 
I just knew Cardi of, of Cardiel, you know, like I knew Cardiel's fucking best. So you know, I got to make him proud. But then, you know, I ended up chilling with Frank a lot and Peter and, you know, those dudes are super chill. And then there's the rowdy ones like, you know, Andrew and I mean, Tony T obviously and Robbie were, they were like a little Tasmanian. Was Andy ball. Roy involved in that one? And Andy Roy. Yeah. And Andy Roy. Okay. So there, there was, there was like two vans on that trip and there was like a bigger van that was like, we ended up painting it yellow and it was the school bus. Cool. Yeah. Okay. And then there was the other van, which was just like the Peter and Frank just cruising, smoking giant spliffs in the van. <laughs> so I'd go back and forth between the vans. Like Frank would be like, come get in this van, dude. I think that van's getting a little hectic for you right now. You need to relax. <laughs> we need you to bang out some tricks in this next skate park. Or, you know, I, yeah, it was pretty fucking classic. Uh, was P-Stone the filmer? Yeah, P-Stone was the filmer. P-Stone, that was like major bonding moment with p-stone he had my back so hard like if i had any type of thing it was like hey p-stone can you help me with this can you what the fuck are these guys doing like what are we what's the plan like if if i had any questions or anything i would just go to p-stone first he'd be like here's a beer and then <laughs> this is what we're gonna do and I'd be like all right cool he was like so good at chilling everybody out yeah he is the best fuck yeah man. What was the craziest thing you had to do on that trip? Like skate wise, I they they handled all the crazy stuff. They were like, "Don't worry, Ryan, we're gonna do all the crazy shit." But oh, so you just had to you were just like the assassin for the the book on the tricks. Yeah, they were like, "Can you do this kickflip nose grind on the six foot quarter pipe, and then nose Manny Nolly flip into the six foot quarter pipe, and then <laughs> you know like all those things." So I did all those, but then I there the one that I did that kind of stuck was like the hot dog eating kickflip manual kickflip you had to eat like oh yeah two hot dogs i don't even know but we bought the the shittiest little fucking <laughs> leaners and stuffed them in this bun and i probably ate like 10 of the things and trying to do this kickflip manual kickflip while eating a hot dog and dude i felt like such shit after because we were partying in the van driving the whole night before Mm. but then that was my meal for the next day. It was like, <laughs> nah, I think I threw up a bunch, but that's not anything out of the ordinary for me. Oh man. Yeah. I remember that, uh, that trip when they got back, like you, I think you guys skated those stairs in, uh, San Jose, San Jose, yeah. the, the, bl the blocks. Yeah, like, I yeah, just, yeah. I, I kick flipped it. I think. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I remember when they came back, they're like, yeah, anything, we're just going to. Was there something in the book that you looked at and you're like, this is impossible? Like, what the fuck is this? Yeah, what was, dude, for me, it was just like the back 270 nose blunt on a flat ledge. I kept trying it forever and I would lock in and then my wheels would be all waxed up from the nose blunt slide. And then when I would come out onto the ground at the skate parks, it was slippery. So I started, I was just slipping out. I remember Frank was putting grip tape on the ground for me to try to get me to do it so I wouldn't slip out. But that, I don't know, that at the time, just I feel like that still seems impossible to me. Like back three nose blunt on a flat ledge. I don't know. It feels like each book that there's like at least one or two tricks that are like, this is not going to happen. And then sometimes it does. Yeah. Like like, like the year, I think uh, Evan Smith, Nolly Trey flip on the handrail. 
like Nolly Trey front board. Yeah, it was like that's impossible, and then he did it. And, and it now like, people, now people do that. I think like <laughs> if they didn't put that in the book, that like wouldn't be a trick nowadays. Yeah, I mean maybe it'd be like a couple of years later. Crazy one. So yeah. what about when you got the cover um, a solo 2014? You got the Thrasher cover uh, by you know you had a doubles cover already, but this was your your cover. Yeah. What, what's the feeling when you get that? Like, how are those different? How are those similar? Like, it's always an honor to get the cover of the mag, right? Of course. Yeah, it's a huge honor. Um, I mean, that one was, I feel like I wasn't really expecting to have a cover for that. I thought it was, we had other good photos and I thought, you know, thought they're going to pick something else. But I guess that front blunt, Burnett just liked the way that it looked and it was definitely a gnarly front blunt. I wasn't even planning on going to do anything on that rail. TJ wanted to go there to nose blunt it. And I was trying to just get him sparked. And I nolly lipped it first just to like do something to like skate it with him. Uh-huh. And then I was like, you know, when you skate something and then it gets easier and you're like, okay, fuck, maybe I could do another trick on this. And then, so I just went for the front blunt on it and it, and it ended up working pretty easy felt really good so yeah that's just i was i was really hyped the way like the photo came out and see it on the front was i was tripping Mm. uh okay cinco de slamo triple set san diego buster bail this sparks a pretty epic moment but let's first talk about just the uh that contest in in general like how, what do you think about the Buster Bale format versus like your traditional contest? I like the Buster Bale format because I like street skating and there's not that many contests at street spots and it's always something gnarly. It gets my adrenaline fucking going right away, which is awesome. I'm curious to see what's going to go down as, as much as like I'm curious to see what I can put down. So you know, like when you see like Shane O'Neill try to switch flip that thing, you're like, dude, you're going to go switch at this thing right now. Like, <laughs> so, I mean, he like didn't have enough speed and I don't know, like the roll in wasn't big enough on that one, in my opinion, because we were like bombing in on it and then taking a massive push. And then I think it was just one push and then just like stretch as far as you can go. And I remember trying to front three it and being like, damn it, if I didn't have to push, I would have been able to wind up and I probably could have front three it, but I'm all messaging Burnett the next day. Hey, next time ramp bigger. So that's interesting because obviously the, the social media world and, and commenting has opened up everyone to be a critic and everybody gets to put their word in these days. Uh, some of the reaction was like, fuck a ramp, but like, there's no way you could like, what do you think about like the Wallenberg situation with the ramp and the ramp? But I mean, this is opening up possibilities that people aren't going to be able to push into some of those tricks. Right. Well, no, with Wallenberg too, like the way that they changed the school, I don't think you can curve in at it, go down the hill anymore. Right. So the ramp's yeah. like the only option. And I mean, Jeremy Ray, is a a special individual he is like he probably could have been a some sort of long jumping track star (laughs) in my opinion um because the shit that he's done is is unbelievable with like you know the water tower with no run up and 
Yeah. That thing, that thing doesn't have run up either. He ran up all those stairs and then I don't know, he just got speed and cleared it. Like he's, he's, he's got a power push. Uh, Yeah. He's like, I swear there's like sparks coming out of his fucking (laughs) shoes. Like he's, he's insane. I've always looked up to him so much, especially like with his front threes and everything. So that was like, I was like, man, if I could front three this thing, that would be so sick. It would just give me the like, that was for you, Jeremy. Like, right. But, um, dude, yeah, we, I mean, for those shit, that shit, we got to have those ramps like nowadays. Otherwise, the progression isn't going to go as gnarly as we want it to. Like, mm. what? You're going to have like three dudes be able to ollie it and one dude back 180s it? No, I'd rather watch Jocelyn tray flip it and back big spin it and all that shit. You know what I mean? Dude. I went there with Jocelyn and he did. I think you might've been there too. I'm not sure if it, yeah, I think it was, you were there with him maybe at Wallenberg when he did the ghetto flip, like first, it was second try maybe. No, that might've been Scott that was there. I don't know if I was uh, there. Okay. Yeah. yeah I, was, I was like, he kind of did it like how Cairo does Nolly hard flips. Like, I don't want to even do this. any. like, I'm so good at it. I don't even want to do these. Like, Oh, right. Right. You know, it's yeah, like, he's got that trick pretty wired. It's yeah, insane. it was bananas. Did you you front three sixty Wallenberg? Yeah, yeah. That's I think insane. that's the only trick. That's the only trick. No, I I nollied it too, but that didn't really see the light of day. It it was never in a video. No, I don't think so. Was the front three sixty? Yeah. What was what was that in? That was in the Red Dragon video, Enter the Red Dragon. Okay, because Gerwer hit me up the other day, and he's like, I know Desenzo 360 Wallenberg, but I can't find the footage. <laughs> <laughs> That's like all my footies in these little random parts everywhere. Uh, I can't sick. even find the footage. When I when I can't even find the footage of some of my stuff, too. I'm like, where, where what, what part was that in? I swear. Dude, you've had a lot of parts. I mean, that's what I live for, so, yeah. Huh. But getting back to the triple set, we got Felper, uh, rest in peace, out there yelling and screaming and orchestrating and telling yeah. people how, what was the vibe of that? I mean, did you know Jake very well at that point? I Yeah, I kind of knew Jake. I had just seen him around and um, hung out with him in Australia at the Buster Bale or the, the, the globe thing, the globe one. Oh, where the dude ate shit on the roller skates? No, the one after that. Okay. It was like in front of the opera house with the two. Uh, yeah. The two sets kind of. So we kind of one. We kind of partied and yeah, diet or yeah, diet might be one. Or, yeah, I think diet one. No, yeah. or let's go. I can't remember. Okay. But we, uh, we, we, we broke down on that trip for a while and. And when he was at, when we were at the triple set, I just love, I love, I love the dude. I miss the guy so much that like some people like didn't understand the way that he was when he was yelling at you. But like, I loved it. I like well, he fired me up. Like I would land on shit primo or whatever. <laughs> he was around. <laughs> I just wouldn't kick out as much. It was good for me. Well, I got to be on the other side of the wall. Um, I wasn't at that uh, triple set thing, but when Jake got back, we were talking and he was, he was like, 
watching the footage from that contest. And he was like, dude, I'm sitting there and I watched this and he kept talking about you. He's like, dude, Desenzo, dude. And it was weird because like no disrespect to you, but it was just like he you weren't like one of his guys necessarily. And so he yeah. and he was hyping you up like he's like, I'm going to call him his kickflip so good. Like, I think I got this spot for him. And I was like, what do you got? And he's like the Diego Ollie. And I was like, yeah, right, dude. No one is kickflipping that. I, Cause I was there when Diego Ollie did. And so basically as Jake would say, I ordered it like a pizza and history went down new year's Eve in San Francisco and me, you and him and a few other people just got, I mean, you, that was insane. That was one of the best things I've ever been a part of like live and stuff. Uh, obviously there was probably pressure just like getting a call from Jake at the mag and saying, I want to do this. And then you, you and uh, who was it? Was it TJ? The first time came up and we're looking at the other set and kind of fucked your ankle or something a little bit, but yeah, then you're yeah. like, I'm coming back. And then right. we, we stayed in touch and, and somehow, I don't know why, but it was New Year's Eve. I don't know. I, I can't remember why it was that day either exactly. No, I think it was like, I think this is what it was because Jake was calling me a bunch, trying to get me to go do it. He, was, he told me about the spot. I was like in the airport flying home and he told me about the spot. And I was like, dude, you know what? I know exactly what spot you're talking about. I filmed a line there at my last part with the two stairs in a row where you end on the 10 or whatever and then after that i was like i was just looking at that thing like has this been what's up with this thing has, has it been skated has it like you know i was curious i didn't know i was like maybe one day i'll come back and like fucking 180 or you know i don't know switch ollie i don't know like i just thought like this switch 180 this is a sick spot like it's a big double set this is sick and then when he called me and he was telling me that's the double set I was like, fuck yeah. Like, I was hyped. I was like, I've been wanting to skate that double set. You're going to enable me and encourage me? We're there. So we drove up the first time, and the problem was they were, like, pulling up the ground. They were, like, resurfacing the top of the, the one that Diego ollied. And That's right. I had already drove all the way up there to try it, and the other one was very similar. So I thought I'll just try that one. And I, I, I thought I had that on that day and then it just took one or two bad kickouts and my heel blew up. Um, and then Jake was after that, Jake was all fired up and he was calling me like, like so much. And I was like, fuck dude, believe me, I want to go do that. But right now I have a heel bruise. I got to go to Germany and skate with this heel bruise in this contest. It's not going to be better for like a little bit. And then he's like, when's it going to be? calls me like you know another couple weeks how's the heels it better yet ready i'm I'm gonna send you some arnica (laughs) honestly it's probably gonna be better in like two months and he's like all right how about december 31st like because i was in like two months or something i was like all right fine you know what i mean (laughs) ah that's typical jake too to pull out the dates because he's so in his mind, he always remembered things like, oh, that was the day fucking, you know, the first airplane took off. He always remembered these dates. And and so it's like, OK, December 31st. And I remember you showed up and you're like, look, dude, I'm either going on home on the plane celebrating 
or I'm going home on the plane with my leg in a in a cast and I, I need like either way, like this is happening. I'm trying it. And I was like, oh, it's on. Yeah, exactly. No, and I was more prepared that time too. I had like better, like thicker shoes. And, you know, I think I had an extra board. I, I was at sleeping at Double Rock. I was just kick flipping down the um, oh, yeah. the old double rock. down the, the double rock, double set, like over and over and over. That was like my little prep for that. And after that, it was just float and hold on. So that's like the biggest kickflip. Is that just like, do you just put that on your shelf and then you're like, okay, I, I got to work on different other tricks to, if I'm going to go big, like, or like you're not, is, are you in your mind? Are you like, maybe I can find something bigger than that. Or you're like, that's I'm retiring the kickflip. No, in my mind, I'm like, I know, like, I don't want to claim anything, but I have some stuff that I've claimed to the homies that I want to do that might be bigger than that, that I would be hyped if I could do. I'm not going to, I'm going to leave that up to surprise. Hopefully I can get it for something, maybe another, my war, you know, who knows? Yeah. Um, But it's not going to be the same without Belper, obviously. Mm. But no, I don't mean, there's no way I'm, I'm not retiring kickflips. I'm trying to kickflip off big shit all day. It's the best feeling. So fucking hell for you. Are you more, like what is harder for you length or height um some people are like i can do a long kickflip but i can't do a high one and some people are like the drop doesn't bother me but i can't get the length i don't i don't think i have a problem with either i just huh. you know you just adjust to to whatever it is but if you can't get enough speed and it's long like that you know the triple set in san diego then you're going to have trouble with the length. Right. So, yeah, but definitely like there's a, there's a max height where I'm like struggling to roll away. Probably it's probably around like 20 stairs where, you know, like I can roll away, but it's not, it's not like a 15 stair where you're going to roll away every time. Mm. It's just those extra couple stairs that are like that extra impact. You got to tighten your trucks up a little more. You got to land a little more centered. Like that's where it gets gnarly. Yeah. You don't have that many bales either. Like you don't. Yeah. You have less bales. Like even if you, even if you don't bruise your feet, your legs are going to be like jello after six or eight tries. Like you're going to have a weird pop. Like that's what I, that's what bothers me. Okay. Uh, I know you just got to the spot, so you just got a few more. I'll try to get through these real oh, quick. You're good. We're just chilling. Okay. Well, um, <clears throat> brings us up to 2021. We got two video parts out in one year with Sender Bender and the 1990 part. Yeah. Yeah. The tray flipped the gap into the ditch, which David had kick flipped uh, for the ender and the Sender Bender. What? was that was the ender in the part was that the hardest thing for you to do in that part i think that was one of the scariest tricks i've ever done on my skateboard so like i i can't say it was the hardest because the first one that i committed to i landed but i was at the top and i you know it's just a tray flip i do tray flips all the time i couldn't get my brain to like overcome the fear of like what's going to happen when i land on this bank i had no I didn't ollie it. I didn't do anything first. I just started flinging them. So I was just 
I was freaked the fuck out to try that, like to try to put it down. I didn't know if I was going to bail when I like wheel bite it at the top or like hits wobble out at the bottom. I was just, I just didn't know what was going to happen, but I had been looking at that spot for 10 years. And ever since David kick flipped it, basically I was like, this is the sickest spot in skateboarding to me, like a big ass gap and a ditch. Like I grew up, there's no ditches where I grew up. I had to learn how to skate ditches. When I came to California, I could like, I was scared to roll in at the top. Like, Mm. you know what I mean? So I, that was like a big milestone for me in my career. I think like I, if I were to look back, if somebody would have told me that I was going to tray flip that one day, I would have been like, fuck you. I can barely roll in from the top. Like you're high, dude, like get out of here. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, yeah, that was, uh, I'm probably, that's one of my most proud tricks that I'm the most proud of. Was Bo Def's son there for that one? No, he wasn't, unfortunately. Oh, but, who, who filmed it? Uh, Devin Lopez and, and Lando. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I had, ever since I'd, like, I seen that Ollie when Chalmers did it, but the way that they filmed it fisheye, it just didn't look like anything. It, like, you couldn't tell. And Chalmers, Ollie didn't do it three times. Like, nothing. Fuck. Which is gnarly as fuck <laughs> like way back and then yeah and then when they shot that a- angle of david's kickflip for the magnified that's when it opened my eyes oh this is that thing this is what chalmers ollie and this is holy look how fucking cool that looks from up there and like i love the way that they pieced that sequence together in the mag too of david yeah that was like i was like this is fucking awesome and i mean i was super hyped the way the photo came out of the tray flip too so it's a spot just looks nuts and it yeah. is so. it's a sick one it's so classic yeah. down there too uh right. for that for the 1990 part what was one of the gnarlier battles uh the ring con it, well it was the ender the ring con the nolly heel nose on ring con was it was it, hell was that a few trips <laughs> no it was one trip but it was we were fighting the security guard. We were like holding him back and I kept getting close and I, and it was like a lot of tries. So my legs were super jello. Ah. And then when, when I landed, I landed on a bunch and I just couldn't stand up. My legs, I was like, I just have to like summon like the strength out of fucking my ass and hold on. Cause I had the Nolly Hill nose part was working, but I, the roll away after how many tries was just hell. So that thing's hard to roll away from on a board slide. Like, <laughs> so because it's, it's steeper, it's, it's steep. And the drop off is like overhead high for me. It's like a six foot drop off the end of the rail. Oh, okay. Yeah. Damn. Let's say what's a famous uh, mountain in uh, Canada, Mount Logan. I mean, yeah, if you want. Or Mount, what, what, what's a good one? Which, which one? I don't know. Whistler. Whistler is pretty famous. Okay, let's do Mount Whistler. And we're talking five heads of Canadian skateboarders. Oh, five what? Canadian skateboarders. So it's basically heads the, the, like Mount Rushmore. It's Canadian Mount Rushmore, but, but it's Whistler. That would be sick. We should have that. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, my picks. We'll go Mac now. Moses, Appleyard, McCrank, 
and we get one more. What do we? Who's the last one? We'll, we'll put a random one up there. We'll put Paul Trap on there too. Ooh, Paul Trap makes it just because I love that dude. And there's a red dragon behind it. Yeah, yeah. Those guys all have red dragon tats like on their face. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Except for McCrank, he's got like an antisocial one across uh, his forehead. Yeah. Right. What's the best thing you've seen in person that you were there for? What's the gnar- like one of the gnarliest thing? Like Strubing was like, dude, I was at when uh, Schaefer did the loop and fucking had to go to the hospital. Like, w- but it could be like the best thing or it could be the worst thing, but just like the gnarliest thing that someone did on a skateboard you were there live for. Honestly, like back in the day, just going skating with Lutzka uh, was was fucked. <laughs> it wasn't even like it wasn't even gnarly it was just like it was ins- it was insane it was incredible but i guess that's not really gnarly he was just like rifling off tricks like really consistent at like some pretty hairball shit yeah like at a pretty good 10 rail he'd just be like boom 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 all these tricks and then like end with fucking you know some nuts but like gnarliest one thing I don't know. I almost want to say it was it was at like one of those Buster Bales. Maybe like I feel like it was the Chris Cole switch frontside flip on Wallenberg. Maybe Uh the back three sixty for me was insane. I missed the back three sixty. I didn't even know the contest started yet. He hit his head the first one. I was like, oh shit, it's over because we were like. Chris Cole's coming. He's going to destroy it. And then he tried it and he hit his head and I was like, oh no, he's out. And then he came back and did it. Perfect. Next try. And I was like, yes, we won. Yeah. <laughs> you can see in the footage. I'm like, I'm geeked out of my brain. I'm like, yeah, like just overdoing it. But it was like, it was a and big then he moment. Switched frontside flipped it after. Yeah. Like pretty not too difficult either. Yeah. I think I was at the top of the, it was like right when I fought my way to the top of the roll in for the first time and he landed the switch frontside flip. And I was like, this is fucked. Yeah. I mean, Chris Cole kind of won for King of the roads for zero. Like he was definitely a big part of that. She's fucking nah. insane. What's uh, one of the early videos like VCRs that you wore out when you were a kid, what's like one of the, your most played video parts. Oh yeah. I got that one as trans world. I E. Oh that yeah, that one. That one's probably burnt out. And Who had I parts think, in that one? Appleyard had a part. Anthony Papalardo, oh, Butcher, Diego, Diego. Yep. So it it was one of my first like proper skate videos, and it had a really good mix of skating, like different styles, and you know. So I feel like it influenced me pretty heavily on how I skated growing up. That's when I learned of Appleyard because Appleyard was filming with Diego sometimes and Diego was living with me. So oh, I would really? go out on some of those missions and uh, like Appleyard would come to SF and skate with Diego and shit. And it was, I was like, this, this guy might be the best. I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's so good. Okay. Yeah, Diego was on fire at that time too. You know what I mean? Like I remember seeing like some shit that he was back when eating in Europe and being like, wow, this is fucking I didn't even know that was possible on a skateboard, like to fly that and it filmed all sick from top angles and everything. Yeah. Okay. No, he, Diego was one of the special ones that 
I mean, he was really intense and really like focused to be like, I'm coming to this spot. I'm going to do that. Then we're like, I didn't have to do anything filming him. He, he was like, we're going here. I'm going to do this. Like, it was like, okay. You could tell from that video part, it, it showed his like drive and determination and dedication. And I, that made me really stoked. You know what I mean? When I was young, like I was like, this guy's fucking got the passion, dude. Like it was, I like this guy. <laughs> he came to SF and blitzed it. Like he kicked foot back tailed hubba and backside 180 Wallenberg. Either same, like maybe one, two, like maybe that weekend. Wow. Like, yeah. Like it was like, pff, put your name on the, you know, heavy radar right there. Right. Okay. We'll end it with a couple of this or that. And they're pretty much Canadian uh, flavors. Uh, okay. Mo- Montreal or Toronto. Ooh, sorry, Toronto. I got to go with Montreal on that one. Uh, Labatt's or Molson? Ooh, neither. Can I go with Kokanee? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Neil Young or Rush? Oh, Neil Young. But I do like Rush, too. Okay. Sluggo or Chalmers? Oh, I mean, Chalmers. I love Chalmers, but Sluggo is like, he's just the GOAT. He's still, he's still, he's still ripping, dude. I mean, Chalmers, I don't, I'm sorry, Chalmers. I don't see any clips. <laughs> Lego's still doing tricks, dude. Dude, what? Smith grind. I'm the happy. last, the last Van Park series I went to at Van, at uh, Van Hastings, uh, Sluggo showed up and did the fucking rodeo did flip, the, the back. He did flip. the backflip fakie. Yeah, it dude. was so great. Like the place went nuts. I feel like he's the kind of person too, where he's like. I'm going to do another backflip again soon. Like, I don't know when I'm going to do another one though. Like you never know. All right. This one's going to be tricky. I think Red Bull or red dragons. Ooh. (laughs) I mean, I got to go with red dragons because that's, (laughs) they've had my back for, for days and they let me break into their skate park when I was a drum. And so, yeah. What about but Red Bull? I wouldn't. I wouldn't be skateboarding. I wouldn't be still a pro skateboarder if it wasn't for Red Bull. So they take care of you good, huh? Well, yeah. I mean, they they saved my ass back in two thousand nine when the recession hit. They gave me my two hundred and fifty bucks to pay my rent in Huntington. I, I would. That. I would have been out otherwise. I would have been pieced out. You would have yeah. seen clips of me in Canada, but that's about it. Yeah. Uh, what about movies? Foo Bar or Strange Brew? Uh, strange brew. Okay. And then what's your favorite OG uh, Vancouver park? Oh, I mean, dude, it's demolished now, but it was the old Ladner park. Ladner. And is that the yeah, one in the, the plan Lad- B video? Yeah, it might be in the old, uh, which plant smoke uh, or something. I think so. I forget who's, uh, Oh no, that Colin, might be that Colin might be McKay the- was skating there. I think. It might be that might be the Richmond Park actually. Oh, okay, but Ladner, uh, the, the Ladner one was where I grew up seeing all these dudes skate, wearing all this Red Dragon shit, and it was the first time I I thought I was seeing pro skaters, but some of them were just fucking ripping ass, you know, like Sean Hayes or whatever, like, mm. and 
I didn't know the difference. I just knew these guys are fucking killing it. And I missed that park. It was like a really sick old old style park. I wish they didn't tear it out. I love the North Van one just because that was like my when I was go I went up there for the first time, like we were going for that park. Like that was the one that oh, we really? had, Yeah. And then like later Wade Spire did some transfer out of there that was like everyone would do it i think into the bowl and he came out of the bowl like at that bottom hip and it was like ah it was really sick um real i don't know if it's real quick or not but like what was the uh, oh we can talk forever dude i'm i'm getting fired up off this conversation to go skate the park right now oh okay well then i just i was wondering what your olympic experience was like from my perspective it looked like you went as an alternate? Yeah, I went as the first alternate for street skating. So if anybody in the street. So who went, who went for Canada or were you want this is for Canada, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, for everybody. If they're like, except oh. for Brazil and Japan or something, unless, unless a Brazil, unless something like that, but, Pretty much if anybody else got hurt, like, you know, Axel from Belgium or whatever, whoever, I would have been able to get in, get in there. So, oh, so Canada wasn't even in the Olympics. No, we were Berger and Nikki were in there, but I mean, yeah, if, if those guys got hurt or something happened, I would have taken their place or I would have taken uh, a certain amount of other people's place, but not, there's a couple of people that were above me in the ranking. So they would have taken the American dude spot or the Brazilian dude spot or the Japanese dude spot. Okay. <laughs> and so everybody's in a bubble. You're like kind of locked in your hotel room most of the time. Yeah. I was just kind of trapped in my room and they didn't even want to let me go watch the contest. And then I bugged everybody to like, let me in there. Fucking let me watch. I'm part of the part of the committee of making this shit better. I need to watch and, we need to figure out how we can make it better for the next one and shit like that. So um, I convinced them to let me in to watch it in person, but it was pretty, it was hot and miserable and we all had to wear our masks and it was an experience. That's for sure. Right in the middle of pandemic city. What did you like? I know it's hard because of this situation, like normal situation, it would have been a lot different. So there's a lot of things probably that are obvious, but was there something outside those obvious ones that like, you're like, Hey, we got, we can do this better. Like what, what kind of things did you learn from it? I just think like the way that some of it's organized and uh, you know, just like they're always asking input on the course and like, you know, they made like a giant course, but like, you don't really need a giant course. You just need the right obstacles and it to flow right. And maybe something a little different or, you know what I mean? And so some, sometimes it's just looking at the course in person. And then other times it's, you know, we got to change something in the format where like, you know, this doesn't really showcase skateboarding in the best way that it could. People are, who are watching, who don't understand skateboarding like we do are confused what the fuck is going on like make it a little bit more straightforward i think that, for the for the general that, public that's the challenge right it's like um because no one i mean unless you're in it 
you don't really know, like nobody knows what a switch heel is versus a, a backside flip. Like, you know, like right. people just see it. And then if you're trying something gnarly and you keep trying it and you're not making it, people are just like, is this guy even good? Yeah, exactly. So like yeah. for the contest, I think that, that what the, the criteria is, is like, making it gnarly versus making it like so are you making it for the skaters or are you making it for the fan like do you want it to like be a spectator thing where like you know like the bowl skating people are pretty much on their tricks most of the time and it looks more right appealing to somebody that knows nothing about skateboarding but street skating is very difficult which we all know but how do you like make it so like people could like maybe you don't want the just gnarliest trick for that maybe you want more of a run or something yeah i feel like you know like i've always backed the the tampa like one run or two runs qualifiers whatever you know what i mean and it's easier the thing that is getting a little crazy with these skateboard contests is you're comparing a kickflip front one to a kickflip back one to a fucking you know kickflip back smith like what how do you know what the fucking difference is? How do you know which one's harder? Like, I don't know which one's harder. You know, which one's harder is the one that I haven't been doing. Right. So it's when you're comparing apples to oranges like that, it's just such, there's so many gray areas where it's like, well, that trick's easier. And no, well, that trick's easier. And like, dude, like nobody fucking knows what's easier or harder. At the end of the day, when a dude does a run and flips his board fucking nine times and the other dude flips his board three times and, you know, they're both perfect, probably the dude who flipped his board nine times did a harder run. Right. I mean, that could be wrong. I mean, maybe if they're just doing kickflip 50s or kickflip nose slides the whole time, but it's easier to compare a fruit basket to another fruit basket than one apple to one orange. Sure. Yeah. I, I just wonder like, yeah, they got to fi figure that one out. Cause that was like the most response I got was from like family and friends that know nothing about skateboarding, but that know it's a passion of mine. They're like, dude, I don't know. It was like, what, what happened? Are they any good? Like what happened? I was like, it's just, they're trying gnarly stuff. Like, you know, like it's not, it's, yeah. it's hard to understand because most of the other events aren't like that. You know, exactly. Like if yeah. you watch bobsledding and they couldn't make it to the bottom, you'd be like, what's going on? I, I think the Olympics skateboarding should have and would have been something so cool if it was, yeah, here's long jump and fucking a kicker ramp over a, a you know, like a, almost like a javelin pole or something where you're just launching over a, whoever yeah. can. I don't know. You know, there's well, no the downhill contest would be sick. Like the first one on the bottom wins. We all saw it. There's no judging. You don't have to be like kickflip blunt versus kickflip front blunt. It's just first person to the bottom. Right. Yeah. So, and there, I mean, you know, even, like, even, even uh, like those old do tours that they had in SF where it was a, on a hill. Dude, like Shaq that, Daddy. That could have been a sick Olympic like event. Yeah. That would have been fun to watch. Those it's actually like, oh, were really cool. Those were good. Yeah. I liked them. They were fun to watch. They were fun to skate. It was a little janky. It, you're on the real street. It felt kind of almost like you were street skating sometimes. Yeah. And, 
I look at yeah. that all the time. It's right in my neighborhood. So I take a walk down that street. It's Harrison. And it, and they picked it because the Bay Bridge is right in the background. So when right. you're filming it, it's just the beautiful. And I was like, dude, how often does that happen? They nailed that. Yeah, you got to give it. You did that. Well, shit. So like, would you do it again? Or did it kind of burn you out? Like if in four years, if you're, are you going to try to go for it again? Or are you like, I'm over that one? No, I mean, it doesn't really make a difference to me. I'm just, I'm just here to skate and like progress my skating. So if I'm competing against like, I just want to find the best competition where uh, like where the guys killing it. These guys are killing it over here. These guys are killing it over here at street league. Like I'm going to skate all that stuff to just, you know, it's fun for me. I mean, I'm getting a little older than most of them, but that's what I think is fun too, is trying to keep up with the younger generations too. You know I mean, it, it, it challenges me. I go skate a contest on the weekend and I, if I get eighth place or 10th place, whatever, I'm not mad at it. I don't care. All I know is like, well, I got that trick dialed. Um, here we go next weekend in the streets. Like, so. Huh? It's yeah. Only that's, that's a good attitude to have. What's your yeah. favorite, favorite SF experience? You've been here a bunch. Favorite SF experience other than rolling away from the kickflip. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, no, we did a globe trip up there and with David and uh, I think Ewan and Steve Black. And we just, we just had a blast. We just skated the streets. Um, I've had a lot of fun times up there actually though, skating with the dime homies too mm. back today. And I don't know. Every time I'm there though, I feel like, man, I wish I would have came back with more clips. It's like, it's tough up there. Did uh, David and Ewan take you to Papalote? Yeah. It's their favorite uh, burrito spot. The minute they enter SF, they're like, meet us at Papalote. We're going straight to Papalote. Yeah. The funny thing too, is that that place is right beside the Philly cheesesteak place that I was all hyped on. Oh yeah. I don't know if it's, I don't think it's last time I went there. It wasn't as good, but. Yeah, sure Papalote's still killing it. Papalote's bomb, yeah. Well, yeah. shit, dude. I appreciate you taking so much time. Enjoy this uh, session today. Yeah, I will, dude. No worries. Are you Thanks meeting anybody having, there? Having uh, no, dude. We're I'm at this Poods Park, and there's always some oh, ads yeah. always show up, but uh, for sure. So that's always fun, but I don't really care. I'll just skate around and do whatever. I kind of went a little hard in the streets on Wednesday. So I'm a little tired still, but. So you're in Lucadia and you live, do you, where do you live? I'm living in Dana point. Now I moved from Huntington a little further down South. Oh, how do you like it? Dude, I love it down there. It's a little bit more relaxed. Like it's not so much of an LA vibe. It's a little bit more of a beach town vibe, surf, surf for friendly people. And that's uh Andrew Allen hometown, right? Yeah, I think it is actually. It's a little more slow paced. I like it. It's nice. It's fucking relaxing. Every time I drive to San Diego, I stop in San Clemente and I go straight to the uh, beach where the railroad tracks are. And I just, I love it. Right there is where I would live if I lived in S Southern California. Cause you're, you're close enough to San Diego and LA. You're like kind of in the middle. Yeah, it's actually pretty dope. It's kind of opened up my spot realm a little bit more. So like going down south, there got some more spots opened up down there. A couple other filmer homies sharing some other goods. And yeah, 
I mean, it's like a new territory. I, I come down, I'm like, what's this ditch? And I'll rip this fence off over here and then put a rail there. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I burnt out Huntington already. I, I go up there and try and skate it. I'm like, fuck, dude, skated everything here already. Yeah, you got to move around. So there's so much, yeah. so much stuff. Having a car is, is, is key for sure. Yeah, putting in the hours. I just bought a fucking van, a, a, like a 12 passenger skate van. Oh, really? Yeah, but it, I, I took out the two back rows and I just put wood and brooms and fucking all, all that shit back in there. That's like, <clears throat> who's driving? I guess I am. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm driving everywhere. And we're <laughs> like, there's no excuses like, oh, we need wood for that spot. Oh, well, huh. we got wood. Oh, yep. we need metal. We need Bondo. We need a broom. We need, you know, like towels to dry it up i have everything like there's no excuses go to any spot anytime no excuses i got one for you do you know ardex no it's like it's basically liquid cement that you 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 just add water and and you put it down and you fucking smooth it out and it dries like it's basically a better bondo like you can fill like big shitty areas bigger Look, hole yeah, yeah, look it up. You just get a bag of Ardex and then a bucket and then fill some water and then mix it real good. Put it down and then smooth it with like a, you know, one of those fucking rhino's or... been all rhino's been all into that shit lately, huh? Yeah, rhinos definitely get it. But we've been doing it up here with uh, Camfoosh. We're making DIY uh, little videos uh, for Thrasher and uh, Camfoosh yeah. introduced that one to me, and I was like, man, this it's pretty sick. Like it it All dries right. good and it just it blends in real good too well what uh we always end it with we always end it with a um, a song which 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 song do you want to throw on the jukebox to take take us out of here a song to throw on the jukebox can i should i go on my spotify really quick sure uh, we're gonna go with some some classic ryan smith part the guns and roses paradise city I don't know if somebody's hating on this song. They got something wrong with them. Absolutely. Guns and Roses, you can never go wrong. Jake used to tell me, Gino Iannucci, Guns and Roses, BA, Guns. Like, it, it's so easy was his favorite. It's, he's like, come on. Okay. It's so easy. Yeah. Well, dude. Yeah, that's a good one. Let's fucking try to connect sometime in the future in real life. It's always a pleasure. Yeah, definitely. Where are you? You're up in. I'm in SF. SF. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hopefully I'll be coming up there soon. Maybe try and get a little couple clips up there for the new next part that we're working on, and Let's it's always do good it. to have some SF hill flavor in there. You know what I mean? I'll start. I'll start torturing you with photos. I found a spot. Yeah, okay. Well, it. sick, dude. Thanks again. And uh, yeah, hit me up anytime you're coming up this way and I'll do the same if I go down that way. Of course, we'll do. We'll get coffee on in Dana Point or something. That'd be nice. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. All right, dude. Take care of yourself. All right. You too. Thanks, Smitty. Have a good one. Okay. Later. Peace.
Thank you for listening to another episode of Talking Schmidt. You can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Anchor, Spotify, or anywhere you get your podcasts. When you subscribe, you'll get notifications every Tuesday of new episodes the minute they become available. Also, please leave reviews and a five-star rating. It's the best way to help the show grow. All of the episodes will always remain free, but if you would like to help support the show, you can do so at TalkingSchmidt.com, where you can pick up some merchandise like t-shirts, beanies, hats, and stickers. The website has an entire archive of all of the episodes with extra photos and videos. Email us with any suggestions, comments, or ways that the show may have improved your life at talkingschmidt at gmail.com. All interviews are conducted, edited, and produced by Schmitty. The intro music is Mary's Cross by the band Nature. A very special shout-out goes to the executive director, Cheryl Camisa. Shout-out. Love it! This is Talking Schmidt, where the Rolodex is deep, but the conversation is deeper. Keep the wheels greased.